welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode number 72 of Just Jets. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary. Going to be hanging out with you talking New York Jets football. We're going to get into the New York Jets using YouTuber reactions for a video. That was sick. Morgan Moses and projecting the offensive line in 2020 and ownership and why that's important on top of your voicemails as always. So a lot to get into today. I'm excited to be here. But before all of that, I need to talk to you guys about Manscaped. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Well, you're in luck. Our friends over at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. That's right, 4.0. Complement your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. So make sure to join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And get your hot guy summer going by going to manscaped.com using my promo code JETS20 for 20% off and free shipping. One more time, jets twenty two zero for 20% off and free shipping on anything on the site. So check it out. Absolutely worth your while. And come on, let's be honest, guys. You need it for the summer. So let's get into this episode. Again, a lot to get into in this one. So we're going to first talk about Flight 2021, my reaction video was put up. I thought it was a phenomenal documentary and look deep into what the New York Jets did this offseason, what they're going to continue to do going forward and the direction of this team. And what I liked maybe even more so is just the Jets social team seems to get it or the marketing or PR, whatever you want to call it. They seem to get it. And they did this promo or reaction video of people talking about the Jets, the the flight 2021, and they used tweets from Jets Twitter, which was awesome. They used reaction videos from people like Jason Gassman was on there, myself, NYJ Today, a few others too. Uh, those are just off the top of my head, which it's just like, that's awesome. That's a great way to connect with your fans. And I mean, not, not going to lie to you, it was pretty cool seeing a team that you followed since you were eight years old use a video that you made in a promotion on their social media channels. Like that's unbelievably cool. So if you haven't checked out flight 2021, you absolutely should. If you haven't watched my review on that, you should as well. It's really cool behind the scenes. Look and kudos to the New York jets. Once again, for uh, one, giving us that content, which you have to go into it and understand it's being looked at through the team's lens. So it's going to be presented in a positive light. And on top of that, for realizing like, Hey, Let's play into our crazy fan base and the people who make content for us and promote us for free. And let's show them some love, which is awesome. So really cool on that. Good on them. Uh, The second thing what I want to get into is obviously Morgan Moses signed this week. Uh, So I had a reaction to that. Obviously, I think it's a really good move. Adds depth to this offensive line because I assume that he is starting. So what I wanted to do was go through what I think the 2021 offensive line is going to look like and the expectations for the offensive line. <clears throat> so we'll start on the left side, work our way over to the right side. So Makai Becton will be the starting left tackle going into year two. As a rookie, I thought that he was almost a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle and to have that as a rookie is phenomenal so you would expect him to grow and continue to develop from year one into year two people are a little bit concerned with the injury and i get it 
plantar fasciitis. I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. I think he'll be good to go for training camp, but I understand, I guess, why some people are concerned. Uh, I will say this, though. They have finally a ton of depth where you don't feel brutal if he has to miss any time. Like Chuma Adoga isn't coming in here and going to be starting games unless something catastrophic goes down uh, for this team. So uh, you would expect an improved Makai Becton. Left guard, a massive improvement with Elijah Vera Tucker being plugged in. Like he is someone who I think could be a Pro Bowl caliber player from year one. Like it's not, oh, you know, in a couple years down the line, maybe he'll be a Pro Bowler. No, no, I think he could be that good right away. And for the Jets to be able to move up and grab him, still love that move. Forget the haters who said the Jets gave up too much. Uh, they don't know what they're talking about, frankly, because this kid is going to be something special. And I am ex- extremely, extremely excited to watch Elijah Vera Tucker and Makai Becton on the left side for a very long time. At center, you're going to have Connor McGovern. And honestly, I think people are sleeping on Connor McGovern a little bit. Uh, I know he wasn't great in 2020, but he had really not so great guard play next to him. Alex Lewis and Greg Van Roten were the two guards. Um, and even Pat Elfline or Fline, however you say his name, um, on the other side for a little bit there uh, when there was some injuries towards the end of the year. Uh, I would definitely think we see a rebound year from McGovern. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 center in the league, but I think he could be a solid starter, which is all you really ask. And if you get that, then I think you'll be in pretty good shape. I'm going to skip over right guard for a second and come back to it because let's talk about Moses at right tackle. I think that's a given. He's a clear upgrade over George Fant, and that's fine. Fant was, you know, a pretty good starter, but when you're given the opportunity or when an opportunity presents itself, rather, at this time of year in June, almost July, and you have a starting caliber right tackle and a damn good one hit the open market, you you make that move. And I love that the Jets and Joe Douglas in particular is not making the same mistakes that they made with Sam Darnold and not putting a good enough supporting cast around him, whether it be the offensive line or the weapons on top of that. So kudos to the New York Jets for realizing their issues and continuing to attack those issues aggressively. So Moses slots in at right tackle. At right guard, again, I think this one is going to be more of a competition, the only one that's up in the air. And to me, the three guys who are competing for this spot are Greg Van Roten, Alex Lewis, and Cam Clark. Cam Clark did not dress for a game last year as a rookie. I'm rooting for Cam, but I think it's an uphill battle for him. To me, I think it's going to be Greg Van Roten, excuse me, and I think Alex Lewis has potentially could be cut, or they could use him um, as a depth piece, maybe. But I, I think you may you might be able to afford to move on if you want to address another area because you still have to sign uh, Wilson, you still have to sign Elijah Vera Tucker, and you still have to sign. Uh, Elijah Moore as well so if you want to sign those three guys and maybe add another position and move on from Alex Lewis you can if not then don't cut him just to cut him obviously but I'm saying you could potentially if need be cut him and address another position with that money but moral of the story the Jets have depth and what that allows George Fant to do become a swing tackle play in the tight end role not as going out to catch but in a blocking tight end role we saw him do that in Seattle so maybe he goes back and does that a little bit in 2021 the point here is the Jets have some depth on the offensive line and I think they have the potential to be a top 20 unit which is something that seemed out of the realm of possibility going into this offseason because of all they had to do they had pretty much Mekhi Becton and an okay center in Connor McGovern and then they went out and drafted a really good left tackle they went out and signed late but signed a very good right tackle 
So right guard's really the only spot on this offensive line where I'm a little bit iffy on. Everything else I think is pretty solid. Um, so that's my take on Morgan's, Morgan Moses and just the offensive line in general. The last thing I want to talk about is ownership. And you might be saying, well, why is Matt bringing up ownership? Well, I'm going to get up on my soapbox for a second. Um, and you'll see, it'll, it's going to loop back in. It'll make sense in a second. So uh, if you guys don't know, I don't only cover the New York Jets. I cover the Islanders for a website called Eyes on Isles. So I've been very busy the last couple of months covering the Islanders playoff run. And why I'm talking about this now on this channel is because I know I made a video about it, I think a couple months ago at this point, saying that I would like the Jets to be like the Knicks and the Islanders. But the reason why I'm bringing it up again is, yes, their run just came to an end. So I will be doing more Jets content right now, uh, which is a positive for you guys on the channel. But it brought me to think, like, the last time the Jets were competitive was a decade ago, pretty much. Yeah, you had the outlier 2015 year, but every other year they've been 500 or worse. They only have one winning record from 2011 through 2020. And ironically, I think you could point or compare the two teams and where they were to how quickly that changed. So if you don't know, which is fine, I'll you know elaborate on why you could compare these two teams. If you do, it's going to be a bit of a history lesson that you already know for a second here, but just stick with me. Um, So New York Jets, as we know, last 10 years, not good. For the Islanders, from the mid-90s through 2015, very shaky, bad ownership, uh, left bad people in charge. They had two brutal general managers who they let in charge for a really long time, and they made a bunch of uh, moves that hamstrung them in in terms of trading away high-end draft picks for veterans that just didn't work out using high-end draft picks on bus. It was just not really not good situation. And it started from the top with ownership. One of their owners ended up in jail, John Spano. So, so go look that up if you, if you need more of a history lesson on that one. But the point is they got a new owner in 2015 going into 2016. And from there, what they were able to do is yes, they kept Garth Snow, who was a bad general manager at the time for a year or two, and they evaluated the situation. But what they did was they said, okay, we don't know a lot about hockey. What we do know is that this guy isn't working out. So let's hire someone to run the hockey operations. They hired Lou Lamarillo, who won three Stanley Cups with the New Jersey Devils and helped turn around the Toronto Maple Leafs and then in turn hired Barry Trotz to be the coach who was coming fresh off a Stanley Cup victory. Now, I'm trying to think of what a good comparison of that would be. I guess, in a a way, like bringing in Bill Parcells uh, for the New York Jets, except think of it as you know, bringing in him in as a general manager and them hiring a a coach who is fresh off a Super Bowl uh, and who has had success elsewhere. So like an Andy Reid caliber coach like that. That's that's how highly uh, Barry Trotz is thought of in that league. You can make that comparison. What I'm confident in with getting this back to the Jets is their ownership seems to be getting less involved, which that is what I wanted to bring this to. And it brings me back to flight 2021 as well. If you give the keys to Joe Douglas and he hires a guy in Robert Sala who you trust and they build this thing up the right way, there's no reason that this can't be a team like the Islanders in a few years down the line getting the infrastructure right. And 
the all the owners are being asked to do is provide the resources for the team provide them with the cash and the opportunity don't get involved don't ask to trade for tim tebow don't get involved and say you got to sign Le'Veon bell or you got to keep this quarterback no step back let the guys who know football run the show and let the coaches that you hire make the decision and them not having that weird reporting structure is really a, a big deal. And I've talked about it a lot on this channel. And that's really why is because it's never a good idea when your ownership is getting involved at the level that the Johnsons were for a really long time. And if they get less involved and let the guys they hire do their jobs, they too can be on the path to success. So while you might think it's been you know doom and gloom, been bad for a decade, well, let me tell you about this other team that I root for and this other team that I cover and how they were, for lack of a better term, a dumpster fire for about 20 years. Well, they are fresh off back-to-back semi-final appearances. It wasn't a conference final this year because it was a weird divisions because of COVID. But essentially, they went to their version of the, a conference championship twice in a row. And they're in a good position to do that or maybe more again this upcoming year in 2021-22. So it's not over. It's not. It doesn't have to be doom and gloom forever. And for the Jet fans who are very much so doom and gloom and don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm trying to show with another opportunity or another team rather in this city that t- took their opportunity and ran with it, why it doesn't always have to be that way. There is a chance, even if you don't, if you've been burned a million times before, there's a chance that they could turn it around. That's my little rant. Yeah, sorry, I had to bring the Islanders into it. Had to do it. So there you go. Let's get to your voicemails. Tom from Maine is up first. Hi, Matt. Uh, this is Tom calling from Maine. Um, I've been looking at the Jets pretty extensively, and what I see is anywhere from a seven to say nine win team as of this moment. But the one wild card, the one thing that's never really spoken about enough, is special teams, and really. The Jets' special teams has improved pretty vastly. I mean, with the uh, with the addition of Justin Hardy and some key uh, uh, draft picks as well. Um, my concern is, where do you think the special teams will place, and what kind of difference do you think it makes in in the win column? Um, hope to hear that on your show. Bye. Thank you so much, Tom, for calling in. Good question. Um, I agree that with both the draft and with that signing. I think it should be improved. Their coverage team should be improved. I am still worried about the kicking situation. I don't think they have the kicker on the roster. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe one of these guys has a great training camp and great preseason and proves me wrong and says, okay, I could kick at the NFL level. But that's, to me, the missing piece. I think the punter is fine. I think he takes a step forward in year two, hopefully. Uh, He was okay as a rookie. Uh, Made some good tackles. Um but I think in order for the special teams to be go from an okay to two two third bottom two thirds of the league up into the top half of the league, they need to find a better kicker. Um, and that to me is the most important part of special teams: the kicking game. That could win it literally win and lose you games. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, over the last two years, they they have done that. Week one, 2019 against Buffalo, they lost that game because of special teams. They did. So it's as simple as that. It's a huge deal, Tom. And I think they're trending in the right direction. Just got to figure out kicker, man. This is brutal. Next up is Zach. He's calling from New Jersey, and he wants to talk about Joe Douglas. 
Hey, Matt. It's uh, Zach from New Jersey. What up, dude? Yeah, I'm just calling really to kind of uh, commend, I guess, Joe Douglas for, you know, really building the team like it's a Madden franchise mode, at least the way I play. Just strip strip the team down, go by youth, and, uh, you know, just let them all fight for a spot, you know. So you got to really love where he's going with that. The only downside of that is um, now it has no jerseys of uh, any players that are currently on the Jets. And I don't know what to get. Too. You know, I have some uh, really bad history with Jets jerseys. I got a Calvin Pryor jersey, Jimmy Smith, a Mark Sanchez. You know, I almost got a Darnold one that I didn't. I almost got a Wade on Bell. Very close to any Wade on Bell one. I got both. Thankfully didn't. Um, but you can understand my hesitation. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, going and deciding who to get next. You know, my last jersey was Jamal Adams. So, you know, I thought that was a, as much of a lock as, as it could be. Um, of course, things change. And, you know, we, <laughs> you live and you learn. So now, um, you know, I'm kind of stuck here. I don't want to get a Zach Wilson jersey because I feel if I do that, he'll suck. Um, so I understand. Um, right now, I'm at crossroads here. I don't know if maybe a Makai Beckton, a Q jersey. Mm. I mean, that Elijah Moore, I'm huge on him. So, I mean, I think that would look real nice, too. I don't know. Um I'm wondering if, if you were planning on getting any jerseys, do you kind of believe in like a, a voodoo of some kind? <laughs> oh, I got the voodoo. Buying jerseys prematurely or whatnot. Regardless, love the show, man. Um, keep it up. Go Jets. Unfortunately, that's the thing when it comes to getting jerseys. You just never know. I like the Elijah Moore one, though. I, I understand not wanting to go with Zach Wilson. I haven't bought a jersey for that exact reason. Uh, because I don't want to ruin it because I've had terrible luck, but I'm really itching for a Wilson jersey because he, I mean, he was my guy through the whole process. Um, I would say Elijah Moore. That would be my advice to you. So take that as you will because I haven't had much luck with it either. So totally up to you, my friend. Let's go to Nick, who is up next. He's calling from New Jersey. He wants to talk about the defense a little bit. Hey, Matt O'Leary. I hope everything's going well. My name's Nick. I'm from New Jersey. And I'm just calling in to talk about a little bit of defense and maybe some copycats around the league. You know how we know every this is a copycat league. So you look at what Seattle did. Everyone wanted to boost their secondaries. Okay. So the way I see this team is that it's a very hybrid-like team. We're not looking to copy any other team in the league. The way I see it is that, yes, our corners are young, very thin, but they boosted their linebackers and safeties. We got a slot corner, Michael Carter, and that's also a safety hybrid, so I think you're going to see a league high in safety snaps. Let's see how these players are portrayed on the depth chart, but I really do see them deploying probably the most safeties. I don't think if Mike Reporter's a safety, you'll see no more than two corners, I think, on the field. You know, unless they want to mix in, you know, another corner like a Lamar Jackson or Gidry in there if they want an extra slot. But I really do believe that we're going to see a lot more corners. You know, I don't think you're going to see guys like Pinnock this year. You know, I think a lot of those guys, but we'll see a lot of Nigel Dean. And okay. I'm very excited. I'm going to see a lot of blitzing. We pick up a Jamal Adams for nothing. So, you know, makes me happy he's holding out. And we're sitting here with loads of young, young talent. You know, um, I can't wait to hear what you think. I think our defense is going to be on fire. That's not even talking about the, the pass rush. So, 
Sorry, I try to fit in a lot in. It's a lot with this defense. Let me know what style you think we're going to play this year. And go Jets. Yeah, I think you're right in terms of they're letting some of the younger guys go at the in the secondary, which is fine. Um, I really like the idea of them using their pass rush to for success because that's so anti what the Jets have done for a long time. I mean, even the last time the Jets had a really, really, really good defense, it was the secondary, it was the corners, it was Revis, it was Cromartie. Um, so this time it's not going to be built that way. It's going to be the pass rushers who it's their job to get home. And if that's the case, and we heard Robert Sala and Ulbrich really talk about this on that documentary, was they're going to really rely on the pass rushers to get after the quarterback and to make life easier on these corners. And I think with this group that we've seen in here so far, assuming there's no changes, then yeah, that's that's going to be huge for this team. Uh, so I'm excited for Carl Lawson, Quinn Williams. Those two guys specifically getting after the quarterback, I think is going to be loads of fun. And don't sleep on Vinny Curry, man. I know he's just going to be in a rotational role, uh, which is fine, but he is still a really efficient pass rusher. So uh, next up, Travis is calling in from Ohio. He's got some thoughts. Let's hear from Travis. Hey, man. Yo. Travis from Ohio. Hey, buddy. Another uh, thing just kind of hit me this week with all the BS about talking about our secondary, especially corners. Um, last time we had any decent corners was Revis and Cromarty round two in 2015 when we yeah. went 10-6. And those guys had to go up against Brandon Marshall, uh, Eric Decker, and a healthy Quincy Nua every practice. Like, that was the last time we had good receivers, too. So... My theory here is, and hopefully it works, and we go undefeated and win a Super Bowl, is now that we actually have some good receivers, that's going to push our corners in practice because they're going to see more looks and and have to push themselves. And we got so many guys in there, young guys, and the competition that they that they're going to have to get playing time. Because they're fighting for contracts, because they're mostly on rookie contracts. So, and of course, the front line is their best friend. I mean, and it's pretty deep, and I think Robert Sala is going to rotate it around and keep those guys fresh. So, if we got somewhat of a pass rush, with which Christ, we haven't had forever, then hey, these guys, we might see something out of this group. And I like it. I mean, why ever pay for somebody left over from that no other team wanted right now in free agency anyway? So let me know what you think. Just occurred to me. Go Jets. Love you. Bye. Thank you, Travis. Appreciate the call as always. And I love that these calls are back-to-back because it's kind of on the same theme. They are very much so. You're right. They're very much so going to rely on the pass rush to do the job. And it should, in theory, make life a little bit easier on the corners. And, you know, I'll be honest, I'm really excited about Bryce Hall. I think I liked what I saw from him in year one. I thought it was good value where they got him. He's someone who I thought was going to go a lot earlier. And even Lamar Jackson was someone who I thought was, you know, draftable player, someone who would go in, like, maybe the sixth round or something like that. So supposedly they like the guy done, too. They, I mean, they paid him a ton of money for an undrafted free agent. Um, so 
they like this group. I'm, at this point, I'd be surprised if they bring in a veteran. Uh, so it's it's a little scary. It's a little bit risky. But in a year where you're not supposed to be competing for anything, give them the reps. Why not? Thank you, Travis. Again, let's go to Ali calling in from upstate New York. He wants to talk about flight and why he liked it. What's going on, Matt? It's Ali from upstate New York. What up? Long time listener. You know, I've called in before. Um, I just want to say I was uh, watching those episodes, uh, the flight connection uh, that the Jets posted about four episodes. And I just wanted to talk to you about, you know, what I've seen and observed in the episodes. Uh, I see a lot of culture difference. Agree. Uh, I see, I like how we get to watch their, their, their mindset, you know, or what they were thinking, what they were going through, you know, uh, uh, their, their, uh, connections, their communication together, uh, talking about individual players, uh, what their goals is, you know, I like where they're going in this direction with the front office, you know. Uh, honestly, I haven't been this excited since, you know, maybe Herm Edwards, Santana Mars, Curtis Martin ever, you know. I think we got a real good young group of cultured guys uh, that are coming in, and uh, I really like what they're doing on offense. I mean, I can't I can't remember the last time we picked this many picks on offense in the draft. It's true, it's crazy. especially early. Uh, when we drafted Sam Darnold, the next pick was, I think, a defensive tackle. Nathan you know? Shepard. And uh, <laughs> yes. it's great that I'm, 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 I'm happy that, um, you know, things are trending in the right right way. You know, I wanted to sit back and uh, observe before I bombarded you with my opinion. No, you're I good. Know <clears throat> how long I've been a Jets fan, and I'm just I'm happy, you know, just that we're finally going in the right direction. You know, I'm not saying that it's going to be immediate. You know, we're going to have our struggles. But I believe in Joe D, you know, and Baba Sala. That boy, man, it's going to be great. You know, I can't wait to see this season. You know, it's going to be full of ups and downs. But what I've seen so far, we've got a lot of young talent. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we're going to surprise the people. Mark my words. We are going to surprise some people. Love it. All right, bro. Take care. Have a go on, my dude. Thank you so much for calling in. I'm with you. I thought flight was tremendous. I love the behind-the-scenes look. I'm excited about LaFleur. Ulbrick seems like a cool dude, too, but when you're as bad on offense as he has for as you have been, sorry, for a long time, it's hard for me not to skew a little bit more towards the offense. You have a rookie quarterback. You can have a rookie running back with a big role. You can have a rookie wide receiver with a big role. It's hard not to get excited about this offense, uh, which is very different from last year because they were atrocious offensively. Uh, yeah, it was nice to have Mekhi Becton uh, and a little bit from Denzel Mims here and there. But what else were you rooting for on offense? After how many, what, after like the fifth bad Sam game in a row, it was pretty much, it was over. You knew it was over at that point. And then he got hurt and he came back and wasn't playing well. It, it, it stunk. It really did. But no more do you have to worry about Joe Flacco handing off to Frank Gore in the A-gap. Oh, my God. How do we live through that, Jets fans? I don't know. I'm with you, dude. I get the excitement. I'm right there with you. Ben's up next. He wants to talk about the head coaching article from CBS. He's bummed out about it. He doesn't like it either. Let's get into it. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. What up? I know you dropped a video on this earlier, but I just want to like give my thoughts on this. 
CBS article. It's the CBS article that's ranking the rookie head coaches, and they had Robert Sala at six, which is just absolutely disgraceful and disgusting. So they start off by saying Woody Johnson is back with the first press conference, and it's already a circus. I mean, the guy's been gone for four years. I don't really, really understand the logic behind this. Then, then he goes on to talk about being – he goes, to, goes on to talk about how the stuff that tackle and Mekhi Beckton hasn't been able to do anything this offseason because of the injury. Well, he should be fine. We're hoping he'll be fine, but I don't think that's really anything to do with the coach. Then he Fair point. Then he goes to talking about how the QB looks awful and he's already caught up in the anti-vaccination. What the hell is that? What does that have to do with the coach? Stop talking about the stop talking about the menial stuff going on, and talk about what he's been doing in camp and stuff like that. And then they just keep going on talking about how the Johnson family is just like always there for gossip. Nothing ever go nothing good ever goes on. Yeah, and I don't understand how the stuff has to do with Salah being a bad coach. Like he's clearly been this. Is the best, if, if not the best, the second best head coach. Like he's like him and Joe Douglas. Like you, you, you can see the energy is different when it's there. People, the, everyone showed up for the voluntary OT, the voluntary practices, which is something that you never really see. Because, um, yeah, um, everyone wants to play for Salah, and there's reasons like, like. He was pursued by a lot of different teams, like Dan Campbell, who's, I don't know, bite my kneecaps off, wear a helmet to the press conference. I don't know. How <laughs> he's a nut job, considering dude. Considering Detroit wanted Robert Salas before hiring Campbell. And I'm feeling a number of teams want him. Like, I know, like, I'm pretty sure the Eagles wanted him. Yep. And Nick Sirianni, Mr. Rock, paper scissors between players, is about <laughs> him. I don't know. It's so I, dumb. I think that whole list is so stupid. The fact that Urban Meyer is there, literally taking a running back in round one to be a third down back. The only one that can maybe understand is Brandon Staley, but even then. So my ranking yeah. freckle should be Salah, Staley, Smith, Urban, Campbell, Sirianni, and Cully. So that's, that's fair. what I think. Let me know what you think. And as always, go Jets. Yeah, I think your list is pretty fair. Um uh, um, I might go Smith two and Staley like three or four, but other than, that's nitpicky at that point. But I, I'm with you on Campbell should be the second to last. Sirianni should be third to last. Urban should be, I guess four. How many is there? Six. Yeah. Yeah. I think that then, then yeah, we're pretty much on the same page on that. I was heated on it. I made a reaction video. That's it. I don't really have much more to say. I, I had my piece on it, and we we're pretty much in lockstep. So I, I think, you know, most Jet fans agree with Ben. I don't think you're going to find very many Jet fans who disagree with Ben's take on that. Jeremy in Sacramento's up. He's got two calls, actually. Uh, usually I don't play two, but you'll, well, you'll see why on the second one. Hey, Matt, it's Jeremy, Sacramento. Uh, Hey, I don't know if he uh, if he ever came back, but when I when I grew up watching the Jets for years and years, uh, there was this guy 
fire marshal, I think Bill, or fire marshal Bob. Um, and he used to lead the JETS Jets cheers, and everyone loved him. And he started being, he would literally be on NFL Game of the Week, like, at, like, like on the show, like on NBC or CBS. Um, he was always just there whenever they were, like, outside, you know, the stadium and everything. Um, and then it was a year, like, that it got out that he quit. Um, and he was, like, pissed off. <laughs> he was just so frustrated. Um, that was, I was told that he quit and he gave up the season tickets or something like that. He wasn't going to do it anymore. Is he back? Um, I was just wondering if he was back, and if he's not, um, who's leading the? Who's leading? I'm sorry if you could hear that, but who's who's leading the cheers? Um, and if uh, if nobody has that job, uh, how about Matt O'Leary? Oh my God! Can you imagine somebody to lead the JTS just 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 cheer? Anyway, um, just wondering if you knew. Thanks. Okay, so I'll address that in a second. This is the second call. Morgan Moses, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to need to save that for a drop. And anytime Morgan Moses plays well, I think I'm just going to. Morgan Moses, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Play that. Fire Marshal Bill. Uh, I know, Jeremy, I, I, with all respect, I know I'm a little younger than you, but I, I've heard of, I know who you mean by Fire Marshal Bill. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Is Fireman Ed back? Does anyone know? I don't know. I like the Jets chant. I think it's cool. It's one of the, it's one of the better stadium chants. It's the guy with the hard hat doing still doing the chant. I think he wears like the number fifty something jersey. Jetman, maybe. I don't know. I I don't really go to many games. Maybe once a year I'll go to a game. Um. I don't think they want to put me on TV or on the big screen, rather, leading the Jets chant uh, because I don't paint my face or wear a hard hat or a helmet. Um, If they want to see someone who probably had a little bit too much to drink in the parking lot and is wearing a jersey of a guy who's not on the team anymore, then yeah, okay, then I'll do it. Sure. (laughs) Jeremy, you crack me up, my friend. Last one is Kyle from New Jersey. He wants to get into the coaching staff. Hey, Matt, Kyle Smith calling from the Jersey Shore. The last time I called in, I uh, called after the season had ended and before we hired Rob Sala. Okay. And uh, I just want to say what a crazy last few months it's been. And uh, my concerns back then were mostly around hiring a new coaching staff with more character and more uh, accountability specifically around managing the health and injury history of our players uh, and also, you know, continuing to have good drafts. And uh, I feel a lot more confident about those things. I wanted to get your take on how you feel uh, around your confidence of this new coaching staff to manage player health and injuries uh, different from the coaching staff of the past. Uh, And I also am curious to hear what you think about the strength of our special teams players, including our kicking and punting team uh, and and getting points after touchdowns and field goals this season and whether or not that's going to continue to be a weak spot for us. Uh, Love to hear your comments. Go Jets. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kyle. Um, So just quickly on the special teams, then we'll get into the coaching staff. Um, I like 
the guys like Nasrul Dean's going to play on special teams. Jamie and Sherwood's going to play on specials. Uh, their their coverage team should be much better. Punter should continue to get better. Kicking situation don't love, so I think that's still an issue on this team. I I like the coaching staff. Um, with Robert Sala, he's someone who has a ton of experience. Um, not as a head coach as we know, but worked his way up, linebackers coach, defensive coordinator, a players coach, someone that you know, players respect around the league, which is a big change. I don't think many players around the league respected Adam Gase, Greg Williams, and Dowell Loggins. Like going from that trio to Robert Sala, LaFleur, and Ulbrich is a big difference. It is. And Ulbrich and Sala align ideology-wise. And you know that obviously LaFleur really likes Sala because he wanted to come with them. That was made abundantly clear because every single time that Sala got off the phone, he was calling LaFleur. Again, going back to Flight 2021, this was brought up on the documentary, and he was most hyped about the Jets' job, and he's coming with them. I'm excited about this group. And it can't get much worse managing injuries because Adam Gase did a brutal job with that. And Greg Williams did a brutal job with that. So it could only get better. Can we forget the Adam Gase era? Can we forget the 2-14 and 14 era? Can we forget the Sam Darnold, Jamal Adams era? This is the Zach Wilson, Robert Sala, Joe Douglas era. Let's go. This is a perfect way to end episode number 72. I'm hyped about this New York Jets season. I think you should be as well. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening to the show, whether it be on YouTube, really appreciate it, or on podcast form. Enter to win a Zach Wilson jersey or a Manscaped package. I'm giving away two Manscaped packages and a Zach Wilson jersey when this channel reaches 10K. We are at 955 as of yesterday or as of recording this yesterday. So we'll see how we do there. Once I hit 10K, giving it away. So make sure to enter to win. You should know by now how to do that. Thank you for following along. Really appreciate all the love and support. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I will talk to you next time.